Hello, everybody. Common Sense Christianity here. I hope everybody's doing fantastic. Today, I'd like to touch on the Greek word aponodiplosis. And I don't know how many of you have been familiar with aponodiplosis, but I think it's actually a very important word to know and a very important word to get accustomed to uh, when it comes to the Bible. And uh, I'll go ahead and read from the Bullinger's, uh, the Bible lexicon's Bullinger's figure of speech. And an aponodiplosis is spelled E-P-A-N-A-D-I-P-L-O-S-I-S. Aponodiplosis, and it means an encircling, okay? The repetition of the same word or words at the beginning and end of a sentence. Aponodiplosis is a doubling. It means a doubling upon again, and the figure is so called because the same word is repeated both at the beginning and at the end of a sentence. The Latins call it inclusio, inclusion, either because the first word of the sentence is included at the end or because of the importance of the matter, which is thus included between the two words. They call it cyclos from the Greek word cyclos close, a circle, because the repetition combined and concluded what is said as in a circle. When this figure is used, it marks what is said as being comprised in one complete circle, thus calling our attention to its solemnity, given completeness of the statement that is made, or to the truth enumerated, thus marking and emphasizing its importance. So basically, in a nutshell, it's a word that's used, or not necessarily a word, but it's it's well, it is words that are used that are in a that make the the sentence go into a circle, right? So basically, you start off with a word, and then you would list the you know the subject matter, and then you would end with a word. Basically, starting off with a word, talking about something, and then ending with that same word that you started off in the beginning with to kind of put things in a circle. So you would focus on the subject matter. And I'll give you one example of, of aponodiplosis that's very important, and that's in uh, Colossians 1.16, and I'll read it from the NIV. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Okay. We notice that the the doubling, the Greek word, uh, you know, apondiplosis is being used when it says all things were created, okay? Um, and then it ends with all things were created. So all things were created, and then all things have been created. Um, we can look where uh, in the, the KJV, for example, for by him all things were created, and then at the end it says all things were created by him. Okay, um, that's that's a Greek uh, a doubling, and it's used commonly in the Bible again to make you pay attention to the fo- <clears throat> to the focus matter that's in the list. Now a Trinitarian will tell you that Jesus is the creator of the universe, right? And where do they get this information from? They get it from little riddles in Colossians one sixteen and in the book of Hebrews, but they completely miss the mark. Okay, the Bible is very specific that the Father is our creator. It's not Jesus Christ. And they take away from the Father, right? They really take away from the Father. They always seem to uh, 
want to destroy what the father uh does okay he's not the creator of the universe he's not the um the guiding force that dwells inside believers he's basically the eternal cheerleader okay if we can't even give god the father the the glory of being our creator and god the father the glory of being the one who dwells inside us and guides us then what does the father do right what does the father do you can look at deuteronomy 32 6 do you thus request the lord you foolish and senseless people is not he your father who created you who made you and established you okay this is very important because it shows that the father is our creator okay it's calling people fools because they don't believe it you foolish and senseless people is not he your father who created you who made you and established you this is speaking it seems to people like trinitarians okay because people deviate from who the creator is and they go off into nonsensical ideas colossians 116 is one of those nonsensical ideas they take what paul said they bend and twist it and make jesus out to be the creator of the universe aponidipolosis is very important here because when it says all things were created it's giving you the list of these things right it's not telling you that Pala, Jesus is now the creator of the universe, and everything in the universe is created by Jesus. Okay? You can see right here in Deuteronomy 32 that the Father is our creator. So obviously, Jesus did not create all things as Trinitarians would like you to believe. You know, all things in the Bible doesn't necessarily mean all things. Okay? Um, if I come home and say, you know, who ate all the ice cream? Does that mean all the ice cream in the world? Am I asking them, hey, who in here ate all the ice cream in the world? No, it means all the ice cream in the house, right? It's a very limited sense, but it is all the things here, okay? Just like um, in the Bible, it says a lot of times that all the men of Israel seized him or all the men of Israel were present and voted this way. Well, it wasn't all the men. That was, it was all the men that were there, that were invited, right? But, it's, but it says all things. So we have to be very careful when we read a word that says all things. We have to look at the context. Um, so when we read Colossians 1.16, and I'll read it from the NIV, uh, it's very important to pay attention to the list of things that Paul gives us. Okay, And Paul is not telling us in a riddle that now Jesus is the creator of the universe. Right After all of this time in the Old Testament, talks about the Father creating... You know, the Father is our creator, this and this and this. And Jesus says, you know, is not, you know, didn't God the Father, actually, I don't believe that he said the Father, but he said, uh, the Father created, you, created us and established us. You know, God created them male and female, essentially, right? There's no listing of, hey, I created or we created or a triune God created. It's, isn't it written that God made them male and female? Okay. He doesn't say the Father, okay, but he doesn't say himself. And we know that God the Father is God. So you can put two and two together here. But Colossians 1 in the NIV, Colossians 1.16 says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So again, we see this doubling here. We see the doubling where it says all things were created at the beginning. And then towards the end it says, 
all things have been created. Okay, so it tells us that, and the way I read this is in the beginning, you know, before uh, Jesus was even born, all things were created in him. Okay, all things were created through him later after he was born. And these are positions of power. And it's talking about the the uh, new creation here in the first place. Okay, so in God's old creation, all things were created in him, in his, you know, in God's purpose and plan for Jesus through, you know, if you look at the Greek word dia, di, it means because of, on account of, for this reason. So Jesus is the reason why all of these things were created. And then in the new creation, all things have been created through him. Now, people look at this differently. Okay, I look at it as Jesus is actually creating these positions of power. If you look at Ephesians, I don't have the verse right off the top of my head right here, but if you look at the book of the the uh, Ephesians, it talks about Jesus Christ as the creator um, of these positions of power because God gave Jesus the ability to delegate, you know, and create these positions of power. Again, it's very specific. All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be, what? Thrones, powers, rulers, or authorities. All things have been created. All of these things, okay? So the way I look at it is God created everything, okay? God established the world. He established the earth. He made everything. Now in these in the new creation, you know, Jesus is sitting at God's right hand, all these things have been created through him and their powers, rulers, authorities. It's a very specific list. Paul does not deviate and start talking about birds, rocks, you and I. I mean, it'd be very different if he said visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, powers, uh, land, uh, birds, rocks, you know, anything other than that. But it's a very exclusive list. And Paul uses aponidiplosis to focus on the list to make us so we don't deviate. All things were created, whether they be this, this, and this, all things were created, okay? It basically starts off, it gives you the subject matter, and then it ends and it ties it up. So you don't deviate and start going, oh, he start, you know, Jesus is now the creator of the universe and he's the creator of people. I asked Trinitarians, who created me? Jesus did, okay? So who created Mary? Jesus, right? Who created the apostles? Jesus did, you know, of course. Even though the Bible specifically says that the Father is our creator. Again, you can read Deuteronomy 32.6, and it talks about people that are fools. People are fools. They're fools that, you know, God the Father is our creator. And this verse, I really believe that it's speaking to the Trinitarians Again, do you thus request the Lord, you foolish and senseless people? Is not he your father who created you, who made you and established you? Okay, so if we read here where it's our father that created us, now Trinitarians are telling me that Jesus created us, we have a huge problem. And whenever you ask a Trinitarian this, they go off into the weeds, right? They go, well, he's the source behind it. And Jesus is the, the re, you know, he's the painter basically. Or he's the he's the paintbrush. The God the Father is the painter. He's got the idea and he's he's kind of moving this. But Jesus is the paintbrush that that's actually hitting the canvas and he's doing the work. Right? It's nonsensical and it's nonsense. Okay, the Bible is very clear that God the Father said you know that 
that he he created everything alone. There was nobody with him. Um, he created everything all by himself. Okay, so Trinitarians try to tell us um, that God the Father had you know Jesus Christ up there, and um, he was the one that was basically helping uh, God the Father create, and God the Father was sitting back, I guess, in the shadows, right? Um, watching or something. But you can look at Isaiah 44, 24. Thus say the Lord, your Redeemer, who formed you from the womb. I am the Lord who made all things, who stretched out the heavens alone, who spread out the earth, who was with me. Okay, I'm reading from the RSV, and there's a footnote in here that says, another reading is, who spread out the earth by myself. Okay, it doesn't say by us or us or we did this or or we were involved all by myself. And when you look at Revelation 4, Revelation 4 says this. The angels basically are the ones who, and the, and the 24 elders also, fall down before him who is sitting on the throne, the one who is sitting on the throne, and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy out thou, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou did create all things, and by thy will they existed and were created. Okay, this is not Jesus, because Jesus comes into the picture in Revelation 5, where it says, And I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll. Okay, so we have a person who was seated on the throne, a scroll, and basically written on the back, sealed with seven seals. No one was able to open this. No one was worthy, right? And then it says in Revelation 5, 6, And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. Okay? So this lamb is standing. This is Jesus Christ, right? And this this lamb, who's Jesus Christ, takes the scroll from the one, the creator, who sits on the throne, takes it from his hand, okay? So we have the elders and people in heaven bowing down and saying the one who sits on the throne is the creator of everything and calling him their Lord and God, not you created everything and so did Jesus Christ, the lamb, okay? It's very specific. One person is sitting there and it's not Jesus Christ. They're not addressing Jesus. So we know that Jesus Christ is not our creator from very specific verses in the Bible, including Deuteronomy. And Jesus himself says, God made them male and female, not I made them male and female. Not a single time does Jesus ever say that he's the creator of the universe, ever. Or he created his apostles, or he created his mother, or he created anything. And who was doing the creating when Jesus was in the womb of his mother? I've asked Trinitarians this, and they'll tell me Jesus was, and he did. Because God can do anything. So he was running the universe, and that just shows how much more powerful he is because he was a zygote, basically a cell inside his mother's womb, but he still was, you know, he was knitting people in the womb himself while he was in the womb. Okay, okay this becomes complete nonsense, and there's no biblical uh, foundation to this whatsoever. Okay, it's a satanic deception. The Bible is very clear that God the Father is our creator. And Satan wants to do everything he possibly can to destroy that and take it away from the Father. So back to um 
we can look at some of the instances in uh, the Bible, like for instance in Genesis 9, 3, everything moving that liveth shall be meat for you, even as the green herb have I given you everything. Okay, everything, everything. So here the first, according to our English idiom, is every, while the last means the whole. Exodus thirty two sixteen. The tables were the work of God, and the writings the writing of God, graven upon the tables. Okay, the tables were the work of God. It talks about the tables, and the writings the writings of God, graven upon the tables. Leviticus seven nineteen. The flesh that touches any unclean thing shall not be eaten; it shall be burnt with fire. And as for the flesh, all that shall be clean shall be eat of the flesh. Okay talks about the flesh Leviticus 30 or Leviticus 23:42 in booths shall ye dwell seven days all that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths okay in booths shall you dwell seven days all that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths it's a doubling there numbers 333 of was the family of the Malites I'm butchering these words so I'm sorry they're, some of these words are very difficult to pronounce. Um, and the family of the Mushites, these are families of Murray. So, of Murray was the family of the Malites, and the family of the Mushites, these are families of Murray. See the doubling there? Numbers, numbers 812. Um, the Levites shall lay their hand upon the bullocks, and thou shalt offer the one for a sin offering, and the other for a burnt offering unto the Lord to make atonement for the Levites. Okay, it starts off with the Levites, ends with the Levites. So it, you know, it starts off, uh, and then it gives you the subject matter, and then it ends. Numbers thirty-one forty, and the person Hebrew souls were sixteen thousand, of which the Lord tribute was thirty and two persons Hebrew souls. <laughs> Numbers thirty-two one, and cattle a very great multitude had the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Glad, behold, the place was a place for cattle. Okay. A cattle starts off, talks about the subject, a cattle. Numbers thirty-two forty-one. And Jer, the son of Manasseh, went and took the small towns of Thereof and called them Havai-Jer. Okay. Deuteronomy 31.3. Jehovah thy God, he will go over before thee. And he will destroy these nations from before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee, as had said Jehovah. Okay. So, um, Joshua 15.25, And Hazer, Hadath, and Kiriath, and Herzron, which was Hazer. You see, some of them are a little bit, you know, a little bit more... Um, not necessarily as dramatic, but you can see the uh, the eponodipolosis in these verses. Uh, Judges eleven one. Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, and he was the son of a harlot. And Gildit begat Jephthah. So Jephthah, Jephthah. These are some really hard words. I'm sorry, uh, but it talks about this guy, and then it ends with this guy. 1 Samuel 26, 23, Jehovah rendered to every man his righteousness and his faithfulness for the Jehovah, for Jehovah delivered thee into my hand today, but I would not stretch forth mine hand against the anointed of Jehovah. 
So it starts off with Jehovah, ends with Jehovah. Another one is when it talks about the, the, the Solomon, right? It talks about Solomon. Um, and, uh, and it talks about Solomon twice um, in uh, 1 Kings 8.1. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes and the leaders of the father's households of the sons to King Solomon. Okay. This is not as specific, but it talks about, you know, Solomon started this, then he did this, and then to King Solomon of Jerusalem to bring back the ark, right? It's kind of like in Deuteronomy, uh, not Deuteronomy, um, Genesis 19, where then Jehovah rained fire and brimstone from Jehovah out of heaven, basically giving us, giving us an emphasis on the importance. But um, the uh, Bible is filled with, with instances of this, First uh, Kings two twenty two forty seven, a king there was not in Edom, a deputy was king. Okay, Second Kings thirty or Second Kings twenty three thirty twenty five, and like him, there was no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to the law of Moses. Neither after him arose any like him. Okay, so First Chronicles nine eight, the verse begins and ends with. Abinia, Abinia, man, these are bad. Um, uh, let's see here. Psalms twenty-seven, fourteen. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thy heart. Wait on the Lord. Okay. So I think you get my meaning on this. Um, there's tons of um, instances of this, and you can read about it. It's again, it's study light. If you go to Google. And just type in uh, Greek encircling study light, L-I-G-H-T. It, it'll come up with encircling uh, Bullinger's figure of speech, Bible lexicons. So my point from this podcast was that this word is used to express the importance of the subject matter. When it says all things were created, it's listing these things. Okay, these This is a very specific list. And just because it says all things doesn't mean that it's everything in the universe. We use common sense on this channel, okay? Now, would it make sense for Jesus to be the creator of his mom and never tell her? No, it wouldn't. Would it make sense for Jesus to be the creator while Jesus is in the womb of his mother? No, it wouldn't. Who was doing the creating when Jesus was in the womb, okay? What is the Father doing? What is the Holy Spirit doing? Especially when the Bible says, you foolish and senseless people, your father is the one who created and established you. So I want to read scripture where it says the father created us, but now I want Jesus to be our creator in a single riddle in Colossians 1.16 when it's specifically talking about positions of power very exclusively and it doesn't deviate. I don't think so, okay? This is Satan's work of trying to destroy the father again and his role by taking away the creator position from the Father, and he also takes away the um, the spiritual presence in people's lives as the Holy Spirit. Now you have a third person of a trinity overshadowing Mary and causing her to, her to conceive. It's a total insanity. So when people, you know, understand a simple word like you know, it's something that we don't, we haven't really been familiar with, but it's very simple. Aponidiapolosis. It's a very simple word. Um, it's a very simple concept, then people can see the reason why they double this. 
a Trinitarian will look at this and go, wow, they're really emphasizing that Jesus is the creator of the universe in this, right? All things were created. No, it says all things. And so you have a conversation with a Trinitarian and they will tell you that it's all things. That means everything. Well, again, in Deuteronomy 32.6, you, you foolish and senseless people, isn't he your father who created you and established you? So obviously, if we look at this verse and we apply a little bit of common sense, it's not the uh, it's not Jesus as the creator of everything. Okay, it doesn't mean that Jesus created every. Or, yeah, doesn't mean that Jesus created everything. Obviously, if the Father is our creator, now we get into the position of okay, now the Father is our creator. It says in the Bible, and now Trinitarians want us to believe that Jesus is the creator. So you can ask them how how did Jesus create? What did he do? What did the Father do? How were they involved? And they can't answer. And they'll give you different answers. Every Trinitarian you, you talk to will give you a different answer. Unless they've hit the internet, you know, with the same exact excuses. You'll ask one, how was Jesus involved? One person will tell you this, one Trinitarian. Because it's not biblical. It's something formed completely from opinion and completely from speculation. Okay, It's something that they have articulated in their own mind, not derived from scripture, but it's something that they have come up with in their own mind, in their own concoction, and that's how they're going to explain it to you, okay? So it doesn't work. When, when you have a Trinitarian doctrine, you're all over the place, okay? People disagree. They don't, you know, they don't know who the Trinity is. If you got somebody that was kind of randomly selected and have them explain the Trinity and have them explain the, the creation process, they're always going to differ, okay? Because there's no foundational support for it. Okay, it depends on how how these people have gone and gotten their education outside the Bible, whether it be a pastor or whether it be got questions off the internet, some type of internet resource where they can they can have the same exact uh, explanation across the board. You know, so you talk to one Trinitarian that might have hit got questions and they've 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 studied it because it's not in Scripture, so they've gotten their answer from them, and then maybe you talk to another Trinitarian that also hit God questions and got the same answer. So then you would have the same answer, but it's not. it doesn't come from the Bible, right? It comes from alternate explanations. But typically, you'll have different, different uh, explanations from different Trinitarians. They don't know who the Creator is. They don't know who God is. Um, they don't know who was involved in creation. They just know that, oh, it has to be that Colossians 1.16, that has to be you know, the creator of everything. No, it's birds, or, you know, it doesn't say birds, rocks, or you and I. It says thrones, dominions, powers, authorities, things like that, okay? Um, same thing with Hebrews 1, uh, 10. You, Lord, laid the foundation. That's the Father. I've gotten into that in my other podcasts. I'm not going to touch on that here, but um, what I want you to get out of this podcast is the the word aponidiplosis and the meaning behind it and why it's used. And... I've shown you clear instances of it in the Bible, um, and it's used, again, to circle things, to make things go in a circle, a doubling, to have you pay attention. So when I start off with all things, okay, and then I'm going, okay, what, what is he trying to say now? Whether they be thrones, powers, rulers, authorities, all things. So basically, you start off, again, you start off and enter into all things. You list the things and then you end with all things. And that's why that's Paul wants us to not deviate from that and go off into the weeds when he lists all things. It's basically what he means by all these things. Pay attention. All these things, whether they be what? 
thrones, powers, rulers, or authorities, right? All these things. So I hope this has been a blessing to you. Um, you have to be really careful if you're a Trinitarian or if you talk to a Trinitarian to pay attention and use common sense when you look at Scripture, okay? The Bible is very clear that that one person alone, if they want to call God a person, I guess this is the new thing. Uh, I don't believe that calling God a person is a good idea whatsoever. You can look up the de definition of a person. It means a human being, okay? So there are, there are uh, theological and there are, um, you know, uh, different ways to use words um, in philosoph you know, uh, philosophy, like, you know, they get into philosophy and I guess a person could be God because he's got a rational mind, a thought, and, and it just gets really complicated, right? But the dictionary says a person is a human being. And now we have in the dictionary, you can say a person means the second person or third person or first of the Trinity, okay? So it becomes really just because words start off in a way that, that they're meant doesn't necessarily mean they're going to come at the end and derive to the same word, right? Now, now, gay means, used to mean happy. Okay, that's the definition of gay was to mean happy. And now it means homosexual, right? Uh, and, and changes things. So definitions of words can change depending on culture, but it didn't start out that way. A person is not God, okay? A person is a human being. That's what a person is. You can't start comparing God to us, Okay, we don't we don't have the same type of qualities. I mean, we have we have the same type of um, emotions, sure, but that doesn't mean personhood, right? You know, you can't say God is a person because then we start going, okay, what kind of person is he? Well, he's a person, but he's not like us. He's some type of different person, individual, I guess. You know, I call him an entity. He's an entity, a being. He's a being. He's not a person, as far as a human being. Okay, he's a being. He's not a human being, and he's not a person. So, again, I hope this has been uh, helpful to you. Um, just use common sense when you look at Scripture. It doesn't make common sense. You know, common sense is not that common anymore, right? Uh, it wouldn't make sense for Jesus to be inside his mother and never tell his mother that he was a creator, ever tell his father he was a creator, tell his apostles that, hey, Peter and Thomas, I created you guys. You know, you guys need to settle down and be quiet. You know, listen to your father, okay? Listen to your dad. I'm your papa. I'm your creator. I'm your father. Have respect for your elders. Um, I know that it might seem like I'm younger than you, but I'm actually, I, I was actually the first person that ever existed in the entire universe along with two others. I'm God, okay? I'm the creator of the universe. It gets into complete crazy town. And like I've said before, at that point, we might as well be talking about the pink Corvette that Moses drove around in the Old Testament or the roller skates hanging behind the throne of King David, right? Or the prom dress that Mary wore at her homecoming. We can get crazy uh, when we don't stick to scripture and we can have a lot of fun with it, sure, but we're not talking about the Bible. You know, it's a waste of time and that's exactly what the enemy wants. So is Jesus the creator of the universe? No, absolutely not. He's absolutely not in Colossians. And as a Trinitarian, I kind of miss this too, okay? Because it says all things. And you're going, oh, it means must mean everything. No. And not only that, but it's, it's very specific. It's positions of power only, very exclusive only. So are we paying attention when we read scripture? Or are we looking at the Bible with our own presuppositions, okay? 
if you're told to look for something in the Bible, you're going to kind of see it, right? You're going to kind of look for it. If you're already told that Jesus is the creator, now, boom, when you see all things, God, that's, that's got to be all things. But you're not listening and what Paul is trying to tell you and what's between the list, all these things. Apondipolosis, a Greek encircling, a doubling to get you to pay attention to the subject matter that's in between the list. And with that being said, I hope you guys have a fantastic, and ladies, whoever's listening to this podcast, I hope you have a fantastic day, evening, morning, night, wherever you're at, and may God bless you, keep you, and love you. Shalom.